Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Ho, ho, ho. Welcome, everybody, to episode 209 of the Grave Plot Podcast. It's Christmas time, folks. Ho, 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 pimp. <laughs> I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. And we Wait, got... we need Christmas names. Uh I'll be Taylor of Tinsel. <laughs> um Saint Santa Tony? Is that two on the nose? Say it's Santoni. <laughs> that just sounds like Rick Santorum. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll come up with something by the end of the yeah, episode. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> anyway, uh, hey guys, it is Christmas time, yeah, holiday time, all those holidays. Technically, the day we're recording, I believe, is the first day of Hanukkah. So, happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. Hey, Mazel Tov. Um... Yeah, I saw this, uh, I don't know how accurate it is, or true, but I saw this graphic floating around social media saying that, you know, the reason people say happy holidays is not because they're attacking Christmas, it's because there are something like 20 some odd winter celebrations among, you know, across different belief systems between, you know, was it like Thanksgiving and, and New Year's Day or something like that. Wow, that many. Apparently, I, I I haven't verified that, but that's what I've seen. Um, so, yeah, that's not why. Well, specifically, that's not why people say happy holidays. They just say it not to offend people, not because there are twenty holidays. Yeah, that's more of an expanded reason. <laughs> yeah, an advanced reason. Um. Yep. But uh, you know, here on the Grave Plot Podcast, we while we uh, we honor. And appreciate all winter holidays. Here we celebrate Christmas with our with our Christmas special. And today we're going to be talking about two Christmas ish, Christmassy, yeah, uh, themed movies. So, um, yeah. Uh, and just before we get any further, I do want to verify if I sound muffled. It's not your speakers. It's not your ears. I am muffled because I'm wearing a mask currently. So. Tony is high altitude training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after this, I'm going to go for a, a jog. <laughs> and then he's going to go drink Ram's piss up in the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm being courteous. I may or may not have a cold. I, I don't know for sure. And Taylor and, and his gal are... Uh, are traveling and I don't want to risk getting them sick. So Merry Christmas. I think Bob is threatening us. Oh, he said, I'm here and I hear everything. (laughs) (laughs) Is he he Santa? (laughs) Yes. He sees us when we're sleeping. He knows when we're recording. (laughs) He knows when we're jacking off. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Don't watch this. Um, and we are live on Discord for our Patreon patrons right now. Uh, only they can see Tony's beautiful Santa hat, his snows out, hose out shirt. That's right. My Mikey McMurrin secret Santa shirt and my Kevin McAllister hat. I was, okay, I was going to say that looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays to everyone. 
Um, how's it going, Taylor? It's going pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. What's new? Not a lot. I mean, we just saw each other a week ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah, we're. I, I can't remember if we said this on this take or no. We did. I don't think. Yeah. So we're recording this episode early. It was originally planned to come out next week, but that would require us to not only put the episode out after Christmas, but record on Christmas Day. And uh, let's just that's not going to happen. <laughs> so we figured, why not give you guys a treat and put it on a put out our Christmas episode before Christmas. You get uh, two episodes, actually two episodes this week, because I got very sick. Last one's week. late, one's early. Yeah, guys, I tell you, man, I got so fucking sick last week. My God, like I, like I, I got this stomach bug. It may have been something like viral or you know, like um, like bad bacteria. Like I may have eaten something bad. I don't know, food poisoning, or it may have been like a stomach flu, but. It fucking laid me on my ass. I was throwing up and fuck, it sucked, man. <laughs> like I hadn't been that sick in a long time, um, and uh, I'm just I'm still kind of getting over it. I was telling Taylor, like I'm my my symptoms are mostly gone. It's just when I eat something, I still get like really unsettled stomach and I get really like gassy. Not so much farting, but like. You know, as my stomach tries to start to digest things, I'm starting to burp. Like, so I, I, I ate on my way up here, so I'm gonna try and hold back on all the burping as much as possible. But we'll see how it goes. Not like usual. <laughs> Usually, you're just burping in the middle of the episodes regularly. Uh, but he's drinking his Mountain Dew Spark. Spark. Just Spark. Spark. This is pink lemonade flavor or something. Uh, raspberry lemonade. Yeah. Quite delightful. Um, refreshing. What were we watching? Oh, we were watching uh, Murderville. Have you watched the Murderville Christmas special yet? So, Murderville, it's... With Will Arnett? I haven't, I haven't watched any of those. Though. Oh, there's a, a Christmas special out now with uh, Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph. Oh, that's got to be good. And um, Eliza Coop is in it. And at one point, she's ordering rum and, Doctor, or rum and Mountain Dew. <laughs> and I was just like, who do you think she is? Tony? <laughs> Excuse me. I wouldn't be caught dead drinking rum. <laughs> also, there's this, like, with Jason... Uh, spoiler alert if you haven't watched it. Jason Bateman, like, when he first meets up with Terry Seattle, which is Will Arnett's character, <laughs> um, he's like, do you... Can you, like, assess a threat in this room right now? And he's looking around. He's like, no, I don't really see anything. Suddenly this guy kicks in the door with a chainsaw and a hockey mask. <laughs> and he takes off the hockey mask and it's Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Marshawn in the clutch. <laughs> Just go in beast mode. That's what he does. He does the beast he, mode. He does He does do that. <laughs> That's what they call him. They call him the beast mode. <laughs> the, the beast mode, yes. <laughs> That's fun. Fun time. Or in French, a la beast mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Good times. Good times. Quite, yeah. Yeah. We'll be doing our gift exchange later in the show. We, yeah, everybody's favorite part of the yeah, show. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, good times. So you're you're going out of town. I am. You're leaving when? Friday. Friday. And uh, yeah, Colorado. Christmas in the Rockies, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, so my, my, we always do Christmas in my parents' house, but my parents moved. Like they moved... Almost the other, well, not the other side of the state, but 
they moved over to the mountains. They're like two and a half hours away now, and it's just, and they have a, you know, they, they downgraded to a smaller house, so there's just not a lot of room to accommodate all of us, especially now that I've, we've got our kid. So they're coming over here, and we're doing Christmas at my sister's house, which is just different, you know? It's, yeah. Um, and uh, Yeah, like my mom's family started, last year or the year before, started doing it at my cousin's house. I'm like, we've always done it at my grandma's house. Mm-hmm. So just doing it somewhere else is, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another thing, like, I, I don't know what the plan is at this moment, like as I sit here, but we always do Christmas Eve at my at my wife's parents' house or with my wife's family. I mean, the, the location changes occasionally, but uh, my in-laws, um, they have COVID. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So um, not really sure what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Because my father-in-law actually got it last week. Seems to be on the mend. And, you know, with these newer COVIDs, the, the, the time seems to be shorter. Mm-hmm. People aren't necessarily sick for two weeks like they used to be. But, uh, yeah, my mother-in-law, I think, was it yesterday, the day before, just told us that she, she is she's positive. So now we don't really know where things stand because, you know. Yeah, I mean, because what's they say the quarantine is five days now. Is that the most recent one? I think so. Okay. So you might be okay, but maybe that's if she tests negative. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what we're going to do on Christmas Eve. If, if we don't do that, just, just it's like, a hell of a time, man. Man, this year is just, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to bring things down too much. I mean, I just get this off my chest where, we we have an appointment to have our dog put down. This is, this is Sunday here. On Tuesday, we're taking him in. Um, he's uh, uh, an almost well. I mean, he's he's about eight and a half. Um, he's not he's not an old dog, but he's kind of older. Um, but he's been paralyzed for the last three years. I, I'm sure when it happened, I would probably talked about it quite a bit on the show. Um, it was quite a blow. It happened around the holidays. It happened days before Thanksgiving was when he, when he paralyzed himself. Um, and you know, for three years we've been trying to manage him as well as we are able, but the older he gets, the older we get, the harder it is to keep up with, keeping him well because he's prone to you know because he's 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 incontinent so he can't he can't pee he can't shit on his own we have to basically do that for him and it um it makes him very prone to infections bladder i mean urinary tract infections in particular um and uh he recently hurt his front Front leg, I think, is probably something in his shoulder. Don't know exactly what he did, but he's been limping around now for about two months. And, you know, it seems like he may be getting better, but very slowly. And every time we kind of give him some, because he's been in his crate, 
every time we give him some room to breathe, you know, let him out, kind of let him, you know, drag himself around. I say drag because he, he's, you know, he's paralyzed. He literally dragged himself around with his front legs. Um, you know, let him drag himself around, you know, as much as he wants. He eventually ends up hurting himself again. And it's just, it starts all over. And, it, you know, he's, he's not getting the quality of life that he deserves. And we tried for a few weeks to try and find some kind of like rescue or shelter or even just a foster home that he could go to where he could get that kind of dedication and time that we just can't provide to him anymore. And I, I say that anymore because we have our kid now. Mm-hmm. A lot of that time has to be devoted to him. And also he's getting to the age where he wants to play with the dogs and that dog just can't play. And right. he doesn't understand that. So we tried to kind of find a place for him to go where somebody would be able to tr- give him the kind of life that he needs, the life that he deserves, and you know the, the treatment that he needs that we just can't seem to provide. Um, but uh, it's, it's hard because you know he doesn't do especially well with other dogs. He doesn't do well with small children. I mean, he does okay with our other dog and our child. Okay, because he's been around them. He's used to it. But other dogs and other people or other kids, he doesn't do well at all. And that's hard to find when you're thinking about fosters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about it, and it's just like, even if we were to find a foster home for him or a shelter or something or a rescue... There's a good chance that they may arrive at the same decision that we have. And at that point, he'll be going through that with with strangers Mm -hmm. rather than the people who have raised him and loved him for eight and a half years. Right. So, yeah, we just, we made a very difficult decision. I mean, I wish we would have, I wish this would have come up at a different time, not right before Christmas. Right. But, you know, it's, it's pretty par for the course for him, it seems like. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like he, a lot of his problems have come up around the holidays and it's, it's been, it's been, it's made a lot of holiday seasons difficult because we've had the stress of him hurting himself or becoming sick around the holidays. And that's not his fault. I'm just saying it's just, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's eating me up because you and I are actually, you know, three of us were talking about it when I got here. I was just like, he's not sick. He's not dying. He's just hurt and he's old and he's not getting better. Yeah. And it's like, my wife talked to his to to, to her um, uh, friend who was a vet tech for for years, um, and you know just kind of getting her insight on the, on the situation and kind of what she thought because a vet won't tell you you need to put your dog down right, but a friend would you know, mm. and she's I guess she's told her that her general rule of thumb is to like say, okay, think of what his three favorite things are to do. 
This is very similar to what they told us. Okay. So yeah, if you can't do two out of three of the things, then that quality of life is not, not, not worth it is not the right wording, but like he's not getting a quality of life that he deserves. And it's, it's not fair for us to keep holding on, um, and, you know, making him in, endure this life that really isn't a life at all. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, so, like I said, today's Sunday. We haven't done it yet. We've got it scheduled for Tuesday. And it's... <laughs> as it gets closer, it, it weighs on us more and more. But, you know, I, I'm hoping that we can kind of keep each other strong. You know, because I'm sure one of us is going to say, you know, I can't, I can't do this or something like that. And, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, like I, I said, I didn't want to bring things down, but I just wanted to get that off my chest, you know, because it's um, it, it's it's really something that you, me, and Kevin all lost dogs this year. That's right. Yeah, I, I was thinking about Suka, and I couldn't, I I couldn't remember if it was this year. It was February. Yeah. It was February. Okay. Uh yeah, man, this this has been a hell of a year. Yeah. Just for, I mean, for for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I I lost an uncle here a, a few weeks ago, and, <laughs> and it's, you know we've, we've, we've throughout the year it seems like throughout every year we talk about all the people who have passed away, people who we looked up to, or you know people who are kind of heroes in our mind, or you know legends, whether it be horror or something else we're passionate about. We just always seem to take time to talk about it at least a little bit and every year it seems like it just like oh it's always worse than the year before and like but you look back at it and it's just like okay well every year is kind of the same yeah it's just recency bias yeah. but also just getting older <laughs> that's the thing i when um when kevin conroy and jason david frank died within a week or so of each other yeah it was real close it's just like this is just like an age where our childhood heroes, not just our childhood heroes, but childhood heroes, our relatives, and, and maybe even, you know, I mean, God forbid, but maybe even friends, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it's rough. And, and yeah, anyway, so holidays, holiday time is where we try to kind of Season of joy. Yeah, we try to try to get you know be together and celebrate what we have, not what we've lost. Honor what we've lost, but not mourn it. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, um, yeah. So we've got uh, you know, yes, sir. yes, sir. so we've got our uh, we we call it Christmas special. Just like all our other specials, it's not that special. <laughs> <laughs> Just two Christmas movies. Yeah, and we've actually got some Christmas stories, at least one. Yeah. So uh, there's that. (laughs) We did a good job of tying our movies together this year, too. Completely by accident. Completely by accident. We didn't know that they had the same fucking cast, (laughs) practically. (laughs) Um, Anyway, but uh, yeah, let's kind of keep things going. Um, Before we jump into the meat, the juicy meat of the show. The nice Christmas feast, the the roast beast, the roast beast, <laughs> the roast beast of the show. 
let's thank our grave diggers. Speaking of being thankful. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, there are Patreon patrons over on Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> I was in trouble. Two words into that. <laughs> yeah, we, we lovingly call them the grave diggers because uh, it's a theme. Because the we're the grave and they dig what we do. Yeah. <laughs> They're into it. They dig they it. They dig it. Can you dig it, <laughs> sucker? <laughs> um, yeah, and they help uh, contribute to the show financially. We don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money, and you know we don't have much of it because we po. Or we're uh, we're we're middle class, and nowadays middle class pretty much means you're poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, these help you. These people help us. Keep things going. Keep the lights on, so to speak. As they say. Uh, there's one. Uh, those lovely, lovely folks that I'm uh, speaking of say are... It, say, say it like they're reindeer. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> on Carlos, on Corey, on Max and Aaron, on Bob, on Kevin. Donna Dixon? <laughs> Donna Dixon. <laughs> <laughs> if we had two more people it would have matched the the cadence the cadence yeah, yeah. The, the the gimmick <laughs> wait don't we usually this is our last episode of the year we usually thank all of our patrons don't we do we sometimes we do i feel like we usually do i don't know sure thank the rest of them uh who else we got we got isaac isaac thorne silas doll poe poe yeah just poe all right well thank you guys Thank you, everyone, and happy holidays to you. Thank you for all your support through the year, or however long you may have been with us. Uh, Even if it's your first time, welcome. Yeah, we appreciate you. Glad you made it through the dead dog story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join this party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. You can join the party for as little as $1. There's different tiers such as like i said earlier you can watch horror business live interact with the show uh i guess we didn't do christmas cards this year we've done christmas cards in the past for our patreon patrons but yeah it's i mean it's, it's been a few years i think we just yeah it's 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 a matter of preparation which we are not very good at <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> And like we talked about, it's been it's been a rough time. So, uh, it's been a but rough no, time. we'll we'll occasionally give little extra perks to our our Patreon patrons here and there, just unexpected things. Bob Bob likes Murderville. Bob Bob does like Murderville. I also like Murderville. I should like it. I think you would. I just haven't watched it. You should watch it. It's one of those shows where it's like I know it's out there, but it's like never at the front of my mind. Mm, like yes. yeah, I'll watch Letterkenny for the tenth time. Sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, so thanks again, guys. Um, what else? Grave Plot Film Fest. That's the one. Uh, yeah, it's, it's coming up February 4th, 2023 at Arc Lodge Cinemas. We are, we are going to be back in the theater this year. Oh, yeah. So, uh, hope to see you guys there. Tickets are on sale now at greatplotfilmfest.com. And, of course, the announcements of the films will begin on January 1st. should start watching them. You should probably start watching them. <laughs> I should finish watching them. Oh, short on time. Yeah, I'm like, I was thinking about it yesterday, and I was just like, I'm going to be gone for like six days. I should probably not going to have time to watch them then, so. You'll be on a plane for, what, two hours? 
Yeah, that's true. You can bank some out. I just hope it's not like that one time when we were going to California and we were watching some movie and all of a sudden it was like, boobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we were like pushing our shoulders together <laughs> so that no one behind us could see. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, and the poster's out, guys. Yeah, done by our very own Skeletoni Yart. Yep. And, uh, did you say Yart? <laughs> did you say Utes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, fucking, I'd say it was a labor of love, but God damn it, that was stressful. It's just a labor. It's just a labor. <laughs> yeah, said, go check it out again at greatplatformfest.com. It's, it's cool, though. Thank you. Yeah, I was like... You know, I, I I drew it, and then I'm like, okay, well, I, I mean, I know what color the building is, so I'll color the building. I know, and I've got we've got a, a collection of zombies out front. I wish I could have drawn more, but it's just time, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, I mean, I have an idea what these zombies are going to be, what they're going to look like, how they're going to be colored. It's like, but I need a I need something, some kind of pizzazz. Like, you know, what? I'm going to go for like a like kind of like a '80s retro type thing. You know, uh, like retro wave type look, and so I started coloring everything kind of like pink and purple and stuff. It made it really made it pop. I really I like the sky with the lightning bolts and stuff. It looks really cool. Yeah, that was almost an afterthought because I had a different idea for that upper area, but then I'm like, no, because not all the copy's going to fit up there. So I gotta, I gotta cut that and come up with something else that'll work in the background without without being distracting. And that's yeah, that's what I came up with. And, it was fun. Right but on, I mean, right on. When I, when I was almost done, I'm like, yeah, that was that was fun. <laughs> I'm never fucking doing it again. <laughs> I mean, I probably will, but I probably won't be as as ambitious. I'll never draw a fucking building on a poster <laughs> again. I swear to God. And I was talking about, like, with the Arc Lodge, you know, it's got so much intricacy to the, to the facade of it. It's just like, this is too much. Yeah. I should not have drawn this. Or I should have started it a long time ago. Right. <laughs> anyway... Also, make sure we shout out Growlers, uh, Growlers Seattle, one of our sponsors. Yes. Uh, our primary sponsor of the Great Blood Film Fest. Uh, dogs, beer, friends. Party. Party. That's their <laughs> official slogan. <laughs> GrowlersSeattle.com. That's Growlers with a Z. And anyone else? Is that... Nobody else paid. Nope. <laughs> we'll talk about you on the show, but uh, you got to pay. That's right. <laughs> pay to play, baby. Anyway, uh, okay. Well, let's uh, let's keep this train rolling. Let's keep this polar. This express polar going. express. Chugga chugga chugga. Man, I just watched that recently. Fucking dead eyes. This is so creepy. That used to be my brother's favorite Christmas movie. I don't know if it still is now that he's a grown up, but really, yeah. You saw the Chip and Dale movie, right? Yeah. With Mulaney and and yeah, Sandberg. Yeah, yeah. They make a joke about the like the dead Polar Express eyes, and it's just like you don't really realize it. You, like you watch it, and you're like, "There's something off about these people," <laughs> and then you see that, and they're talking about the dead Polar Express eyes, and it's like that's what it is. It's too uncanny valley. Like it's, it's just too close. Like be animated or be nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I love Tom Hanks, but. Uh, it's a lot of Tom Hanks. But Conductor Tom Hanks is too much. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's start with some horror business. Some ho-ho-horror ho, ho, business. business. 
Man, you and I, we're, <laughs> we're, we're on it today. All right, starting out some real-world horror, we're, we're going to take up a trip up to the Great White North. Actually, it's not that far north. It's just like barely north. Not for us, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like right above it's us. It's like three hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's, it's, very, it's strikingly similar to uh, a, a, a real-world horror that we reported on not too, re- not too long ago. Yeah. Um, so the story Where is... Where was that one? Was, that, was it in England? Was it England? I wanted to say Mexico, but might have been Mexico. It was like completely. There different. was a while when we had like a run of stories from South America, yeah. <laughs> or Latin America, as it were. Right. Uh, yeah. So. Right. Yes. Not South America. Mm, yeah. Central America. Uh, so, up in Canada, in the lovely town of Burnaby. Um, people... that's NBC, right? I've been there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I stayed there when I was up, when we went. My wife and I went up there for our anniversary a few years ago, and I'm pretty sure that's where we stayed. It was in Burnaby. I only know that because I know wrestlers from up there. Oh, well. And I'm like, there's definitely one of the indie wrestlers who, who worked at WAC. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, Burnaby, I, I have to imagine if you're traveling, you know, it's like if you were to like come here to Seattle if you wanted to go on vacation to Seattle for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> it, Lots of people do. I, I don't get it. I don't get it, but whatever. But probably people in fucking Vancouver probably think the same thing. But anyway, I think it'd be similar to like, if you're coming here to Seattle for vacation, you don't want to stay in Seattle because it's too fucking expensive. So you stay in like, you know, Tukwila. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Similar thing. That's kind of what I gathered. They also have a giant fucking mall like Tuck Willow, so. <laughs> this is the biggest fucking mall I've ever seen. Really? I've seen some big goddamn malls. Like, it's mind-blowing how big it is. Um, anyway, so uh, people visiting the Central Valley Greenway in the city of Burnaby noticed that there were an unsettling number of downed birds littering the area. I'd say more than one would be unsettling. Yeah, I mean, I feel like one is like, oh, gross, dead bird. And then two is like, another dead bird, that's kind of weird. Three is really when, when you kind of go, wait a minute, what's, what's, what's going on here? What's happening? Yeah, especially if they're in like close proximity. Right, right, yeah. Because, yeah, you see like one dead bird, and then you drive like a mile down the road, you see another dead bird, it's like, whatever, two dead birds. Yeah. But if there are two dead birds right next to each other, what happens? Oh, yeah. And I think like it's a, not a flow chart, it's not the right term. Just a, 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 a graph, an XY graph. The, the number of birds versus the level of unsettled. <laughs> it's just a straight line. It's a, straight, it's a perfectly diagonal line. It's the Becky Mendoza of diagonal or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, while initially seeing one dead crow as he walked through the park. Wait. Oh. Uh... Well, sorry. While seeing initially one dead crow as he walked through the park did not seem particularly odd to resident Paul Sipwinick. Sipwinick? Sipwinick? Sippy Wink? 
Fezziwink? <laughs> Fozziwink? Um, his perspective quickly changed as the number of bodies increased dramatically. That's there what we said. Yeah. The dead crow diagonal. Right. Uh, there, was, there was a second one, and a third one, and a fourth one, and a fifth one, and another one. <laughs> another, <laughs> another one. one. Uh, he recalled, that's when I was kind of like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? What is going on here, Paul? What is going on? What is happening? <laughs> Adding an even spookier element to this to his experience, Sipwinick said that there was also hap- happened to be God damn, I have my glasses on, it's killing me. Also happened to be several still living crows looking down upon the nightmarish scene from a nearby tree. So these rival gangs those, those, those birds saw some shit. <laughs> or maybe they're the ones. Or maybe yeah. Rival gangs. Killer crows. Fucking turf war. <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, the birds, he said, were very quiet, which he found to be unusual since they are very social birds and that if the crows see a dead crow, they tend to be very concerned and they tend to be making a lot of ruckus wondering what's going on. In my experience, if there's a dead crow, the other crows are eating it. Mm, yeah. Because crows... Or are... Sam's poking it with a stick. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he does that. He does do that. Um, let's see. His mystification was echoed by another resident, Robert Alstead, who also spotted several dead crows during a bike ride at the Greenway over the weekend. Perplexed by the strange scene, he witnessed, or sorry, the witness actually stopped in his tracks and began examining the area, which he soon realized was practically covered with the down birds and clusters of two or three. Fucking gas leak, right? I mean, it's got to be a gas leak. But why are the other crows okay? Gas, re- gas resistant. <laughs> gas resistant crows. Yep. Or maybe they're the ghosts of the crows. Ooh, creepy. That's spooky. All told, all told, Allstead guessed that there were at least three dozen dead crows along the path, with probably many more hidden from view in the bushes. That's a lot. A lot of crows. That's, t- that's too many. Yeah, I mean, you, you never want to be surrounded by three dozen dead crows, live or dead. But if they're dead, then that's just all the more unsettling. You could say this is a real murder mystery. Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. Fucking crows. Man. I've been holding in that pun for so long. Yeah, were you about to burst? <laughs> like, I wanted to say it when you first started talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a murder mystery. Like, Tony, this is a murder mystery. And you'll be like, what? And I'll be like, just read the story and then you'll get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play a foghorn noise. <laughs> crows. The crows too. The crowing. The crow. The crows have eyes. All right. So kicking off horror business proper with some festive uh, holiday 
cheer for you. Uh, the brand new trailer for the movie Santa Stein has just been released. <laughs> uh, Santa Stein was funded on Kickstarter back in 2020 and has been described as the filmmakers as a Christmas slasher comedy inspired by films including Evil Dead 2 and Scream. Uh, That's a weird combination. That is a weird combination. And he also, like, it's, it's, you can watch the trailer and it's very clearly inspired by Frankenstein. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would never have guessed that from the title, but now that you say something. Yeah. Uh, This comes from filmmakers Benjamin Edelman and Manuel Chameleon. Uh, the synopsis for the movie is that Max Causey was only six years old when he accidentally burned Santa to a crisp on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Twelve years later, Max attempts to raise Santa from the dead in order to fix his past mistakes and restore the Christmas spirit. But he soon realizes that the creature he has created is a bloodthirsty killer and is headed straight for his friend's Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of stuff I wish we could get behind as a, as a show. Like yeah. Financially. Yeah. Guys. Fucking patreon.com slash Grayplot Podcast. <laughs> we'll reinvest. We'll, we'll pay it forward. That's what that's what we do. Like all the money, I mean, I think Taylor probably said this, he usually does. All the money we get goes back into the show or other you know ventures. Which would mean funding interesting projects like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I watched this trailer this morning and it's like it's it looks a lot like Christmas Bloody Christmas. Nice. Um, and like, there's clearly a lot of like, it's not just you know the name Santa Stein and Santa being brought to life. Like, there's clearly a lot of Frankenstein esque stuff in the story itself. Nice. Um, like this kid Max is very like you know he's he thinks that Santa is is still good and wants to protect him, and everyone else is like he's a monster. <laughs> Wait, so he's. Is he still a kid? Oh, he's still only six years old, so... Oh, he's got to be 18. Then. 18, okay. yeah. Uh, Anwar Nas, or Nas, uh, Jared Korotkin, Cor- Corin Batsides. That's a cool last name. I saw that name, and I thought it said Corbin Burtz in it first. I'm <laughs> like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Simon, Santi Massa, Heather Fish, and Kareem Ishmael star. Uh, don't know any of those names, but it doesn't really matter. It's, I mean, it's clearly a low-budget movie. This isn't something... You know, it's, it's uh, Imagine Next Movies, I think is the name of the studio behind it, who I'd never heard of before. Yeah. But it looks pretty good for what I'm assuming is a very small budget. Um, you know, sometimes you can look at a movie and you're just like, oh, this is filmed on a potato. Like, <laughs> uh, This is likely to be, be released sometime next year. Have to imagine probably around this time. One would think. That would make the most sense. You could probably look forward to this review on the Green Flash <laughs> Podcast. Next year's uh, Christmas special right here. <laughs> yeah, you should you should go watch the trailer on YouTube. It's uh, it's fun stuff. I'll do that. Do it. Do it. Do it. Santa's time! <laughs> well, let's meet the band. My name is Freddie. I'm the singer in the band. Got a hat and a big bow tie. I'm a big brown bear, but don't be scared. I'm a real fun-loving guy. Bonnie's my name. I'm hopping along with floppy ears and a cocktail. All right, so I don't know if it's just me or it seems like they've been talking about Five Nights at Freddy movie for a long time. Forever. I still never played more than like 15 minutes of the game. 
the original game. Yeah, same here. I played the, like, not trailer, but like the free sample or whatever they had. Right. And I was just like, this game sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, people have obviously found it. People it, love it. Yeah, people have found it entertaining enough to make a thing of it. There's what, five of them? That sounds right. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but that sounds right. Anyway, so yeah, I've been talking about a movie for a while, and it seems like it's actually getting some forward momentum at this point. Uh, most recently, we've got uh, news. You got nudes? I got hella nudes. <laughs> Want to see them? Wait, are they yours? Maybe. <laughs> Dealer's choice. <laughs> Uh, most recently, uh, most recent news is of the casting variety, uh, where they've recently cast Matthew Lillard, Zoinks, <laughs> and Josh Hutcherson. His credit is tragedy, girl. Isn't he the guy from fucking Hunger Games? I believe so. Yeah. Why would they credit him with tragedy, girls? Because they always try and um, this is bloody disgusting. They always try and credit them from horror movies as much as possible okay but that seems like a bit of a reach (laughs) also tragedy girls is a blumhouse movie and you know well so is this so is it five nights at freddy's yeah oh bother um there are no character details yet but uh it's a safe bet that one or both will encounter the lethal mascots of freddy fazbear's pizza joint you know you know why we don't need this movie because we already have Willy's Wonderland. Because Willy's Wonderland exists. Yeah. Yep. And I'll tell you, that's already better. <laughs> Probably. Because one thing. Nicholas motherfucking Cage. That's the one. <laughs> uh, it's set to begin production in Narlands, uh this February with director Emma Tammy of The Wind. Never heard of it. Uh, Henson's Creature Shop is working on the monsters. That's that's the thing. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. So they're all going to look like fucking Dark Crystal and shit? I mean, that would probably be cooler. <laughs> Instead of just a fucking bunch of busted banana splits. <laughs> that's true. We also have the Banana Splits movie. Yeah. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Of course, is a horror video game series in which you must survive the titular five nights at Freddy's Fazbear's Pizza from the dangerous van of characters. Security guards slowly realize his overnight job won't be so easy with the characters when the characters spring to life. Players must use security cameras, lights, doors, and vents to evade the hostile animatronics. Five Nights at Freddy's first launched in 2014 has since amassed a minimum of eight, eight games. With multiple spin-off games. How do you spin off of that? I remember there was one called Sister Location or something like that. So it's just the same fucking game? I, I guess. At I a know. different place? It's, yeah, it's just instead of Freddy Fazbear's, it's Beatrice Bananas or something <laughs> like that. Also, you know, presuming that the, all eight games don't take place on the same night, you'd think if two security, or like one security guard disappears or says, you know, survives and say, hey... For the last five days, I've been fucking trying to get away from robots. 
you'd think they'd look into that and maybe close the place down. Yeah, you'd think. But, you know, eight fucking games. There you go. Uh, The potent jump scares and unsettling plot effectively catapulted the game to the zeitgeist. And the zeitgeist is stupid. (laughs) Like, just in general. Okay. Seems like the zeitgeist is basically a collection of dumb people. (laughs) Uh, Fans have been clamoring for a movie adaptation since. There you go. Yeah, like I said, I don't know why that they've been dragging their feet for so long on this. Uh, Blumhouse, Blumhouse acquired this years ago. Probably because there's like, how do we make this work? And then Willy's Wonderland was like, like this, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and then Sci-Fi is just like, hey, look at these banana splits. You guys remember the banana splits? <laughs> Everyone went, no. <laughs> Did you ever watch it? We probably talked about this when we reviewed the movie, but did you watch it? No. Since? I did. I mean, not a lot. It was like, if it was on in the morning when I was like getting ready for school or something, I'd, pr- I'd probably watch it, but uh, it's a weird show. That was the impression I got. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, I mean, if Five Nights at Freddy's is your thing, then you can look forward to this. You know, Matthew Lillard. He's cool. He's always a treat. Um, Josh Hutcherson, you know, whatever. <laughs> He's also there. Yeah, he is also in the movie. If you're a Hunger Games fan. Luis Guzman is in it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's me, Luis Guzman. <laughs> oh. I love Luis Guzman. <laughs> How was he as, as Gomez? Honestly. It's fine. Yeah? Yeah. You know, people... Again, I haven't watched Wednesday. I really have no interest in doing so. I've heard people try to make the argument that Luis Guzman really captures, maybe for the first time in live action, what Charles Adams was conveying in his comic strips. Visibly, and maybe even character-wise, maybe that's true. Okay, you know, I'll I'll give you that one. But I will raise you by saying that Raúl Julia is like the definitive Gomez because that is how the character plays well. I guess. Because, you know, you have, like, um, John Aston, who was probably in the middle of, of the two. Yeah. Where he's kind of like this suave, he's got this, you know, the this, this suave debonair element of him, like Raul Julia, but also kind of the, the goofy, oddball element of him that, like, was from, like, comic strips and the early cartoons and maybe even Luis Guzman's portrayal, I, I, I don't know for sure. But yeah, I just I don't think that you can top, whether or not he was accurate to the original character or not, I don't think you can top Raul Julia, ever. It's like, it's untouchable. In anything. Like, you're not going to find a better M. Bison. No. Come on. Man. You know he did that while he was dying from stomach cancer? Yeah. That's fucking hardcore, man. Yeah. 
I cannot wait to do that movie on Cult of Splat. <laughs> um, yep. So there you go. I don't know. To me, like Luis Guzman is not one of those actors that disappears into a role. He's so always Luis Guzman. He's always just Luis Guzman to me. Yeah. So, like that's not to, that's not meant to be an insult or anything. No. He's just like some some actors just disappear into a role and you kind of forget. Like like Brad Pitt is Tyler Durden. Like you, that's that's Tyler Durden. You, you forget that that's Brad Pitt. <laughs> but like Luis Guzman is just always just kind of Luis Guzman. Yeah, I love him. I think I think he's a great actor. That actor, works but. for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, like uh, br- um, uh, Brian Dennehy. <laughs> Character actors. Nobody cares if we're fat. <laughs> oh, awesome. Uh, you're talking about. People, actors disappearing into a role. I was reading uh, the other day. Have you seen that movie Amsterdam with Christian Bale? No, I thought it looked interesting, but then the reviews were fucking terrible. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's a movie I'll go back to, but I thought it was kind of an you know not interesting, but it was enjoyable. Okay. Um. Anyway. I mean, it's on HBO Max. If you have two hours to spare, why not? Um, anyway, I was just reading that while they were filming that, you know, Christian Bale is kind of notoriously like a method actor. Mm-hmm. He just gets into character and he stays in that headspace, you know? Um, and I guess, because Chris Rock is in the movie too, more of a, more of a minor role than... than um, the other, the three main actors, but uh, I guess while they're on set, and even you know when they're trying to rehearse or even trying to film a scene, Chris Rock kept making him laugh, and it's like he wasn't mad at him or anything, but he he eventually went to him and he said, "Look, man, I, I love you. You're hilarious, but I can't be around you anymore. <laughs> like while while we're working, I just can't do it because you you keep making me laugh." And I can't stay in character. <laughs> um, he said, you know, because I, Bert was his character. I think he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm acting. I'm trying to be Bert, but then I start laughing as Christian, and it just knocks me out of, off my game. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if that's your method, then, you yeah. know, if that's how you do things, then I can, I can understand that. Fair point. But anyway, <sighs> Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. <laughs> Come on, you know I got ya. Yeah, one. Break the wall. Break down the walls. Flip over the back and run. What you want, baby? You know the truth is, and I'm your priest, baby. So twice already on this podcast, we have done a, a two two separate episodes featuring two different professional wrestling themed horror movies have we done that twice yeah yeah okay so we did uh we did wrestlemaniac right uh-huh. and uh monster brawl right and then we did power bomb and pro wrestlers versus zombies oh uh, yeah okay r.i.p roddy uh yes uh well 
in case we want to do a round three, <laughs> there's a new wrestling theme tour movie coming out called Dark Match, which is a good name. Like Dark Man? No, like a dark match. <laughs> Isn't that one that's not on TV? Yes. Uh, this so that's where all the losers wrestle. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like like tryouts, basically. Got it. Uh, it's like what is it? WWF Live or whatever it's called. Main event. I don't know. Like I remember when I'd like go to SmackDown or Raw, like in the old days, they'd always do an untelevised event with like you know three or four matches or whatever. Oh, it's like a house show. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was called like WWE or WWF Live. It probably was, yeah. Or something like that, yeah. Yeah, these dark matches are usually like before or after tapings. Yeah, this thing I'm talking about was always before. So it's kind oh, of so like, it wasn't just its own show. It was part of the taping event. It was just before it. Yeah, before they started actually oh, okay, rolling yeah. the cameras. Uh, this is from director Lowell Dean, who made a little movie called Wolf Cop. Wolfcock. Wolf, Wolfcock. There was a Wolfcock in it, yes. An explosive Wolfcock, you might say. <laughs> One might say. Uh, and, and it's going to be starring... Wait, did he only direct the first one? Uh, you know, I don't know. It only says the first one, so I don't know. I thought... I, mean, I would have thought he did both. Yeah. But, uh, it's going to star a guy who was in Terrifier 2, <laughs> briefly, <laughs> mid-credits, former... WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor champion, Chris Jericho. The Lionheart. Wait, since when is Wolf Cop 2 called Another Wolf Cop? It was always called Another Wolf Cop. Was it? Yeah. Huh. Did he do that one too? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Poster's so cool. Uh, Jericho will be joining Aisha Issa uh, from Transplant. Stephen Ogg from The Walking Dead, Sarah Canning from The Vampire Diaries, Michael Eklund from Winona Earp, and Jonathan Cherry from Goon in so the cast. Are these a bunch of Canadians? Um, possibly. I mean, Jericho's from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? That was the thing. Oh, wait, it's Lowell Dean, so of course it's going to be a bunch of Canadians. Yeah, one time this guy told him to go back to Vancouver or something, and he was like, I'm from Calgary, you idiot. <laughs> Calgary, Calgary, yeah. Don't they? Isn't that something they, they say on uh, Letterkenny? Calgary doesn't sound familiar, but it's possible. I mean, I must have gotten that from somewhere. But. Maybe uh, the upcoming horror movie sees a small-time wrestling company accept a high-paying gig in a backwoods town, only to discover when they arrive that the community is run by a mysterious cult leader with devious plans for their match. Um, this, this is being written and directed by Lowell Dean and EP'd by Jericho. I, I mean, Jericho's got to be the cult leader, right? <laughs> we were talking about this the other day and I was just like, it would be really hilarious if he was in a wrestling themed movie and didn't have anything to do with the wrestling company <laughs> in it. <laughs> I mean, just look like looking at the, the st- I think you sent me an article about this and looking at the still that they had from it, he looked, I don't know. I don't know what that still was from. I don't know if that was from this movie because I don't know if this is being filmed yet. Oh, okay. Well, maybe not then. I was just going to say because like 
that picture, like if I were to imagine what a professional wrestler would look like in a movie where he's playing the part of a cult leader, it'd probably be that. <laughs> Just like no shirt and wearing some loud leather jacket. Actually, it's not even I'm pretty sure it's like PVC. Yeah, I'm looking at that picture. It's it, I mean, it looks like it's from a movie. It's lit very like green. But I have no idea what this is from. It's lit very bagos. It's, it is very bagos. <laughs> but um, yeah, I saw somebody who was like, any independent wrestling company that takes a big money gig in a backwoods town deserves everything they get. <laughs> <laughs> and I was kind of like, you know, you're right. Like, <laughs> And somebody's just like, hey, I want you to do a show in my backyard and I'll pay you a ton of money. I'm like, no. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, so something's going on there. Like, yeah. somebody's going to squeal like a pig. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Why is it in your backyard? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm into this idea. Like it kind of sounds like, like a wrestling company meets two thousand and one maniacs. I mean, yeah, kind of. Which I'm into. Have Robert England be in it. Sure, yeah. <laughs> He's he, a good cult leader. Yeah, he does. You know, things for little money. It's usually, yeah. <laughs> Actually, presumably little money. I don't really know. They're always low budget films. Lloyd Kaufman will be in it apparently if you buy him his flight and a bottle of vodka. Apparently, that's his going rate for anything. <laughs> I can usually afford those things. <laughs> Let's film a movie and have Uncle Lloyd in it. Why not? Fuck it. We don't have a good idea, but we can come up with one. We're smart guys. We'll yeah. we'll make our own fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> like Lloyd says. This is the thing. He wrote a book called that. He did. He wrote it. <laughs> so yeah, keep an eye out for Dark Match sometime in the future. There you go. Dark Match. <laughs> All right, so Amazon has, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say recently, but kind of over the last five years or so, been really up in their game as far as original content. Well, yeah, they just signed Flannel and Ding Dong to a big cast contract. So. Yeah. Um, They're going to be like, you, all those things you make, you make them for me now. <laughs> as a Bezos was like. Yeah. Not really, because he he's not there anymore. He's not at Amazon? No. He's not like president or something? No, he stepped down. I thought he sat down as like CEO or, or whatever. I think he might be like chairman of the board, but other than that. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, whatever. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, their original content has been really uh, sp- speeding up. I mean, like there's more and more original uh, Amazon movies and TV shows. Seems like every, you know, every few months. Um, most of them are pretty good. Yeah. But then there's my best friend's exorcism. <laughs> right. That was unfortunate. Did you watch the, um, uh, the Nick Frost show? 
Yes. Uh, go. No. That was it called. That one's about ghosts. Yeah. Yeah, I did watch it. I started to, and I just couldn't really get into it. Yeah. I, I imagine that's a lot of people's impression of it. And yeah, well, it only made it, what, two seasons? One. Just one? Yeah. Oh. Um, They did just cancel another sh- another show? Los Spookies? <laughs> that <laughs> no. got canceled. Did it? Yeah. Uh, no, there was another semi, oh, it seemed like high profile show that just got canceled. I think it was Amazon. Maybe, maybe it was something else. Either way. Anyway. Uh, so, the, a new project that they're working on, uh, is combining with a black lady sketch show duo, Bridget Stokes and Robert, or sorry, Robin Feed. Uh, they're coming together for a zombie comedy, Killing It. Uh, with Amazon. That's a good name. It is. Because zombies, you got to kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that like really, that, that name could go for any kind of horror. Like, you could do a slasher called Killing It. Sure, yeah. Let's make a movie called Killing It, starring Lloyd Kaufman. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Let's get him here. Like, pay for his flight, get him his vodka, and be like, oh, by the way, you're a starring role. <laughs> <laughs> you're the killer. Yeah, you'll be here for 30 days. <laughs> Hope you don't miss Jersey. <laughs> Who would miss Jersey? <laughs> Taylor, what do you have against New Jersey? Unfortunately, a southern border. <laughs> uh, Theed <clears throat> wrote the script with Stokes on board to direct the feature. Oh, it's a f- I don't know why I thought it was a show. Because you're dumb. Probably. You're a dummy. I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> uh, the upcoming film sees four best friends attempt to redeem their college reputations by traveling to the Spellhouse homing, Homecoming. Is that the name of the school? I, I, I guess. Uh, it sounds co- like a school for witches or something. Yeah. Uh, the quest for vindication becomes a fight for survival when a zombie apocalypse begins to terrorize the country. This is, you said it was a comedy, right? I Z- zombie comedy, so. yeah. Uh... So yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. Zombie stories, pretty one-dimensional. There's really only like one or two ways you can go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless of what other, you know, genre you pair it with, whether it's a, a zombie action movie or a zombie comedy movie, you can only do so many things with it because, and they've all been done. Pretty much, yeah. So. You know, I mean, if you're doing a zombie comedy, like there's, there's pretty much only two ways you can go. And that's either the zombie land route or the Shaun of the Dead route. Yeah. It's like, do you want the comedy to be like just regular comedy or is the comedy at the expense of your horror? Yeah. Cause like Shaun of the Dead is still very much a horror movie. Whereas zombie land is mostly just a comedy. Right. Because all the, all the jokes and all the, the slapstick and stuff comes at the expense of the zombies, which then makes them not scary. Right. Yeah, and that, that, that's definitely the difference between Zombieland and Shaun of the Dead is the amount of slapstick humor mm-hmm. rather than... And it, I think this is a lot of difference between... British and American. British and American horror sure. is the cleverness of the jokes, you know. And, you know, British British humor is often so dry. Notoriously dry, yeah. Um, and uh, anyway. It's as dry as their scones. 
<laughs> They're biscuits. I sure do love Oreo biscuits. <laughs> what is that? Hannibal Purse. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you call cookies biscuits? What the hell do you call biscuits? Because I'm not saying scone. <laughs> I remember I got in, like, my wife has a uh, an English friend, and he came to visit once, and uh, I got into this. <laughs> Actually, both times he's visited, I've kind of <laughs> slung him shit about the way they say things. Hey, hey. Hey, Frenchie. <laughs> Let's talk more about this about this biscuits thing. <laughs> He's like, oh fuck. No, no, well, like the first time because this is the first time I ever this met him. Bloody wanker again. <laughs> first time I ever met him, and we were getting along pretty well. You know, we both got pretty drunk, and I remember we were we were out smoking. And I was just like, go getting into it. Like I don't even know how it came up, but getting out like the whole cookies and biscuits and chips and crisps and things like that and it's like okay so you call cookies he's like it's not a cookie it's a biscuit I'm like but what do you call like so like a savory biscuit what do you call like that? a pillsbury dip biscuit or something yeah. yeah he's like those are they're scones i'm like but what do you what do you call scones he's like no no scone <laughs> what S- spell it scone <laughs> But it, yeah, like they, they're very particular about it. it's not scone, it's scone. Uh, and yeah, this so he's he's a he's a chef professionally, and uh, the la- this last time he visited, <laughs> I was giving him shit about the way they say fi- uh, fillet. They say, well, I, mean, I don't think it's across the board, but a lot of Brits say fillet, mm. even though it's. And I'm like, oh yeah, and how do you pronounce ballet? <laughs> do you call it ballet? <laughs> Because if so, how do you pronounce ballot? Because <laughs> that's already a thing. <laughs> what do you vote on? A ballet? Get the fuck out of here. Uh, anyway. Um, fucking killing it. <laughs> hey, mom, there's something in the back room. Hope it's not the creatures from above. You used to read me stories as if my dreams were boring. We all know conspiracies are dumb. All right, so in just a little bit here, we're going to talk about the latest movie from Joey Bag of Donuts, a.k.a. Joe Bagos, a.k.a. Joe Bigos. Yo, your brother's Joey Bag of Donuts? No. (laughs) That was a different guy, and he was awesome. But Joe Bags is already teasing his next project uh, to the Boo Crew podcast. He and he says that he's going to star they in get it. Fucking everything, man. He what? Those fucking Boo Crew people. They get everything. They do because they got bloody disgusting behind them. So yeah. you should probably stop talking shit about bloody disgusting. Maybe we can get. Hey, Dread Central. You guys need something to rival the Boo Crew or what? Like, let's talk. They already have one. You guys follow us on Twitter. So what's going on? Yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, fucking a. What are we what are we waiting on here? <laughs> we can only do this show for so long. Seriously, it's nine years. Uh, so Joe Beggs says uh, he's like I said he's gonna, he says he's gonna he says he's going to star in his next movie, saying I play a coked out filmmaker who is at the edge of his wits. Art, uh, 
Art Imitating Life. That's the one. Yeah, good thing he shared with, he said, I play, as instead of just like being a character, being like, I'm a coked out filmmaker. <laughs> uh, everybody around him has cut him off, and the opening scene is him just melting down. And then he gets abducted by aliens. <laughs> In this really fucking crazy scene, and he wakes up, and he can't really remember, but it starts to come back to him. So he convinces a friend to come over, and while his friend's there, the aliens come back. <laughs> and then his friend gets abducted. And he's locked in the apartment because they basically start to control his mind and everything's bricked off and it becomes this hallucinatory battle where he's constantly doing a bunch of cocaine and painkillers because they put an implant in him. So he's doing coke and painkillers while blowing away these aliens. This sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm in. Already. Let's go. This is the most bagos that he's ever bagos. <laughs> Uh, the lights are getting all fucked up and the place gets covered in neon blood. You don't say. <laughs> uh, his friend comes back, but he's infected. And then I get abducted again. <laughs> this sounds incredible. <laughs> I tell you, Joe Bags. It makes me more of a fan every time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Except for Bliss. I didn't like Bliss. I never saw Bliss. It's, I mean, it's, it's disappointing, though, because I liked VFW. I like Mind's Eye. He seemed like he was on an upward trajectory, and then he did Bliss. And I'm like, see, so let me qualify this by saying I seem to be the outlier. Now most people like it? It seems like it, yeah. I don't. <laughs> Mainly because I don't like fake vampire movies. Mm. You know, vampire movies where they're called vampires, but they're not actually vampires. Bagos is at his best when he's just fucking unhinged. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like, the the weirder the concept, the better for, for Joey Bagos. Oh, yeah. Like, VFW, and you're just like, yeah, it's a bunch of old vets who are, like, decrepit, and then they're just fighting people off who are trying to get into the VFW hall. And you're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Vegas also says that he has, uh, him and his team have built a bunch of animatronic aliens for the film and that, and, and that astronauts will also be playing a role in the upcoming madness. Like real astronauts? Um, that's what I'm confused by. I, like, like is Buzz Aldrin going to be out there? Just like, st you, you stupid moon. <laughs> <laughs> I walked on your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, or is it just saying that like there will be astronauts in the movie? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm guessing it's the latter. I mean, probably, but who knows? Is there like a space battle? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> who knows, Joe Bags? You know? Yeah, you never know what he's capable of. Man, I hope that one day we can have him on this show. That'd be great. So we can call him Joe Bags. <laughs> he'll be like, actually, it's Bigos. And he'll be like, mm, it's not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> like, hush. Joe Beegs is not the same. <laughs> hush, child, hush. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that's what's coming out next from Joe Bagos. Um, and I am excited. Yes, sir. What was that? That would be the uh, the video being gone. Why does this happen? 
Uh, I don't understand. Okay, we're back. And we're back. Uh, I don't understand why that always happens. I had, I don't know. Is there like a time limit or something? Maybe, but that doesn't make any sense. You'd think they would tell you. Yeah. Anyway, that's it for horror business. That is it for horror business. We did it. Hey. Okay, so, as is tradition. Yeah, well, it's tradition. So. You, know, you, you don't fuck with tradition. Uh, Taylor and I will take some time to exchange gifts with each other. So let's do that. And only Patreon gets to see it. The rest, you just got to hear it. Go. Are we going same time or what are we doing? Uh, I don't know. I can go, or you can go first if you want. Or... To Chupanabra from <laughs> Tony. <laughs> it's a target box. Like I, so I don't know where any of our shit is. Like our gift boxes. Our bows, our ribbon. Like, I found all this shit just randomly. <laughs> like, we have bags of this stuff. Where the fuck are they? It's a pickle. With Nicolas Cage's face on it? It's Pickles Cage. <laughs> <laughs> Why do things like this exist? <laughs> and it's a Powerline t-shirt. Fuck yes. It's a Powerline tour shirt. Standout World Tour 95. <laughs> Is that actually on the kid? Yeah. New York, Chicago, and LA are the only USA dates. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. This is to Skeleton Man. And it's Love, Mr. O'Terror. It actually just says Mr. Terror. That's actually a wheel from the truck. I didn't realize it after I wrote it. <laughs> You should have just gone with it and put a... I thought about it, yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Shoes! It's not, it's not shoes. It's a sweater! Oh, nice! <laughs> That's awesome! We got a Sudbury Bulldog shirt. The Blueberry Bulldogs. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Psychological. Nice. I'd put that on now, but I will be sweating my ass off. It's the one that Shorzy's wearing during the family reunion scene. Oh, yeah, okay. Nice. Maybe we can do Shorzy for Halloween next year. There you go. <laughs> Castle. Cool. Alright. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Uh alright. On that note. Yeah, let's let's carry on with the festivities and talk about some Christmas movies. Oh yeah, you didn't show Pickles Cage. <laughs> you gotta put that on your fucking fucking Facebook.
Where'd my pickle go? There it is. <laughs> That's how we're going to start. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, like I said, as tradition holds. Yeah, well, it's tradition, so. Uh, we are going to be talking about two. Hey, hey, Tony. Yes, sir. Have you maybe uh, heard anything about this possibly being the best this Christmas, Christmas episode ever? ever? um yep (laughs) okay so yeah we're gonna talk about a couple christmas movies of the horror variety both brand new like we said earlier uh, both apparently having the same cast at least two people yeah i don't know i mean like i don't know if these directors are buddies or, or what but yeah yeah uh which one do you want to start with taylor uh let's start with the leech when we help others we bring them face to face with god do not board up your homes for fear of god's little ones they are his long lost children his flock in need of a shepherd We mentioned this at the end of last episode, but we had talked about possibly doing the mean one, um, but we were unable to make it out to theaters. So, yeah, well, at least I was. It was a bummer because, like, I mean, we were into for for a couple months now. We've been anticipating it being on on demand, but then was the distributor changed or something? I think that's what it was. Yeah, and the new distributor was no longer doing it on on demand. They were doing a theater release, right? And, you know, they announced a theater release. It's like, okay. At first, they weren't doing it anywhere near us. Then they announced more theaters, but, you know, only showings on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, I didn't know if it was going to be the same situation as it was with, like, Terrifier 2, which, of course, blew up. And, you know, was in theater for, what, a month and a half yeah, or something like that? Yeah, ended up like being that. extended. Um, but didn't know if this was going to be the same thing, even though it had David Howard Th- uh, Thornton in it. Um and, you know, they put it in one weekend, and then actually they did extend it to another weekend, and it, it may still be in theaters this weekend. I, I don't know for sure, but... Or no, this is this would be the second weekend. Right? I mean, as of yesterday, it was still... It was nowhere around here. Oh, really? I would have had to go up to Everett again. Oh, okay. It's Thornton Place, is that... That's, uh... That's Northgate. Okay. But it stopped playing there on Wednesday. Ah, Okay. Yeah, I don't know. The the days, time is meaningless anymore. I, just, <laughs> I can't keep the days straight. I'm hoping that, you know, as COVID, you know, the whole pandemic as it is now starts to kind of fade. Or, I mean, it's been fading over the last six months yeah. or so. 
things slowly start getting back to normal, that maybe, just maybe, days will start to mean something again. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. Anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, so instead we're talking about The Leech, a brand new movie from uh, writer-director... I uh, had it. I had it. Where'd it go? Eric Pennykoff. Eric Pennykoff. Yes. Um, very uh, like Dickens, Dickensian sounding name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this stars a uh, very small cast. Yeah. It's got Graham Skipper, Jeremy Gardner, Taylor Zod- Zodsky, uh, and Rigo Garay. And literally, that's it. That's the whole movie. There's yeah. there's nobody else in the movie. Mm-hmm. Not even for a, a split second. Um, so Graham Skipper plays a priest named David. He is delivering sermons pretty much to nobody. Like, his congregation has all but left him, uh, except for this guy, Rigo. And when Rigo tries to explain to him, you know, that no one's showing up, he's just like, oh, you know, they'll they'll come. Um, he also does like late at night. He always does these posts on, it looks like it's Facebook or some kind of generic social network. Yeah. You know, just preaching the good word. Uh, but he, as he's, you know, he finishes his sermon and he escorts Rigo out the door and he notices this guy sleeping in one of the pews. It's Jeremy Gardner, right? Jeremy. Yeah. Um, who plays Terry. And he's just like, hey, man, you, you can't sleep here. Like, I got I to gotta lock up. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, uh, you know, just just give me the keys. I'll lock up. He's like, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Uh, no. Right? No? <laughs> so he locks up the church, and he's, he's going outside to get in his car. And he sees Terry outside talking on, on the phone. And he's just, he's just screaming at him. He's like, you piece of shit phone. <laughs> it's, it's like an old, you know, plastic flip phone. And he's screaming about having bad service or whatever. And he's saying, you know, he's trying to get in touch with his girl and he can't, can't get a hold of her. So David says, all right, why don't you get in the car? I'll give you a ride over there. Or no, at first he just tells him to get in the car and stay warm. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he, he can't get a hold of her on the phone, so he says, all right, I'll, I'll just drive you over there. Drives over there. And the place is just pitch black. Doesn't look like there's anybody there. Doesn't look like anybody has been there in a while. Mm-hmm. But all of Terry's stuff is out on the lawn. And he starts, you know, screaming about this bitch did this to me and I can't believe this. And so David's just like, all right, get back in the car. I'll give you a ride home. And he's like, I don't have a home. And is, is that not obvious by now? I'm homeless. Yeah. I live under a bridge. <laughs> he even says like a fucking troll. <laughs> <laughs> and so David, you know, being a, a good Christian man says, why don't you come back to my place? You can stay the night in a nice warm bed. So he takes Terry to his house, lets him sleep there. And the next day, Terry is just like, look, do you think it would be possible if I could just stay here for a little while? Yeah. And David just wanting to be a good guy, not wanting to say no, wanting to be Christ-like Christ-like being a good shepherd uh, you know, because he talks about in these posts, he talks about you know the the lost flock coming back to the her- the herd, and uh, 
so he says, you know, yeah, you, you can stay, stay for a while uh, until, until you kind of figure things out. He goes to the church and this woman comes into the confessional and, <clears throat> and says that she's pregnant and the father doesn't know and she's thinking about getting an abortion. And David is basically just like, you know, please reconsider. Life is the most precious gift that we have from God, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he says, you know, just, just talk to the father. He has every right to know about this child as the child does to live and blah, blah, blah. All this pro-life. Yeah, lot, lots of pro-life um, rigmarole. So he goes home. Terry's still there. And that night, the doorbell rings. And you can hear Terry yelling at somebody. And he's like, I told you not to ring the fucking doorbell. And his girlfriend, um, Lexi, yeah, is there. And she's like, you know, I tried to call you and you didn't fucking answer. So I had to ring the doorbell. And David's just like, okay, hang on. What's going on? And Terry's just like, you know, this is my girl. They, They cut off her power and they cut off her heat. You know, right right before Christmas. Can you believe this? He's like, would it be possible if, if she stayed here? You know, I was I was going to sneak her in while you were asleep. And then she went and rang the doorbell. And so, again, David, you know, wanting to welcome in the, the lost sheep. It's just like, yeah, you know, this my, my home is open to all. Well, so... so- this doesn't seem very apparent, but I picked it up. I don't know if you did too, but you hear her voice, and it's very clearly the same woman that was just in the confessional. Yeah, I was, I was actually just about to say that. Oh, the, oh, the, David okay. recognizes it too, and he, right. he realizes this is the woman from the confessional, and that's part of the reason why he lets her in, because he realizes that she's pregnant, doesn't want her out on the street, um, and I don't maybe thinks that if she's in his house, he can you know talk her out of the abortion even more. Right. So next day... Terry and Lexi make this big ass meal to, to thank David for letting them stay. And he's just like, you know, oh, this, this is too much. And I'm like, it's your food. Like, yeah. You bought it. They just cooked it. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you want to look at it another way, they used your shit without asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Rigo comes over and is like recording his Christian raps. <laughs> so they're so bad. Yeah, and David is his his producer slash agent slash friend slash priest. Yeah. Did you say that he's the, the keyboardist for No, the I didn't. Yeah, yeah he's the because he, he first comes over and Terry's just like, Sorry, amigo, we don't need any tamales today. <laughs> that caught me off guard. Like I, I was watching it with my headphones on, like on my laptop and my wife was watching whatever, and all of a sudden I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> just because it's like, what a fucking thing to say. Yeah, just like so blatantly racist, <laughs> like unapologetically racist. Yeah, and David's just like, no, no, this is our church uh, pianist, he says. I'm like, you mean pianist? <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato, I guess. I guess. But yeah, he's he's trying to do his Christian raps, and... Um, Terry is in the other room listening to some fucking speed metal or something. <laughs> um, but so David, you know, tells Terry, you know, no heavy metal music, 
no smoking. I guess this isn't really till later. He does tell him no smoking in the house. Yeah. Uh, but so one night, he tells him no drinking till after dinner. After dinner, yeah. Yeah. But so one night after dinner, Terry pulls out the bottle and he's like, "Just you know, come have a drink with us." And this this is about I think about forty five minutes into the movie at this point. So there's I'm kind of skimming over a lot of stuff, but I'm not really skimming over a lot of stuff. Yeah, the movie is very backloaded. Yes. Like a lot of the stuff happens after the midway point. Right. Yeah. Um, stuff that I want to talk to you about off mic since I can't spoil this. <laughs> um, but yeah, as Terry says, you know, come have a drink with us. It's it's well after dinner bell, so it's it's okay. And uh, so they sit down. I'm not sure what they were drinking. Probably whiskey. Yeah, because David said he only drank wine. And so whatever this was, yeah, it looked like it was a brown liquor. And so they're they're just drinking it straight. Yep. And Lexi's just like, you know, let's let's play Never Have I Ever. And she just starts naming all the stuff that she's done. And I'm like, I don't think you know how to play. <laughs> she's just like, Never Have I Ever played Never Have I Ever. Drink. Well, you know, I don't know how many times you've played Never Have I Ever, but uh, there's always somebody who just wants to get themselves drunk. <laughs> It's like, oh, my name's, I've never have I ever been named Tony. (laughs) Never have I ever been named Tony. (laughs) Never have I ever drank whatever this is. (laughs) You have a problem. (laughs) Everyone else is just like, so Tony, can we play? (laughs) It's not even your turn. You're just like, never have I ever, fuck you. It's like someone has his keys, right? <laughs> but um yeah, and then you know, Lexi's kind of doing that thing that everyone does when they play Never Have Ever where they know something that someone else has done and starts just calling them out. Targeting somebody, yeah. Yeah, so she's targeting Terry. Um and David just starts getting hammered. Obviously he can't hold his liquor as well as them for obvious reasons. Um but Terry's just like, never have I ever. And David's like, been homeless. <laughs> Terry's just like, wow. Fucking cold blooded. Oh, cold blooded. That's what he says. Yeah. Cold, he said, okay. I, I think he says, or low blow or something like that. Yeah. He's just like, man, cold blooded, David. Cold blooded. But so he gets hammered. Um, Terry and Lexi start doing coke right there in front of him while he's practically passed out, but he's still like conscious. So they're just doing like fat rails of coke right in front of him. And uh, I won't tell you what happens next, but I'll say David wakes up and thinks it was a dream. Right. Or maybe at least hopes. (laughs) Hopes it was a dream. Um, I've had a few nights like that. (laughs) uh, And God, I don't know how much I can really talk about. Um, This movie is like, it's hard to. Like, where, like where said, the line it's, is. It's so backloaded that it's like everything kind of happens in the third act. Yeah. So it's like, where do you stop? And like, how much can you really give away? Um, I will say it didn't really go where I thought it was going to. This might be kind of a spoiler in that it's not, not a spoiler. But um, I thought there was going to be a supernatural bend to it. it. It almost seemed like there could have been. Right, because like he goes to the church and he starts hearing voices. 
Yeah. But then, like, it's Rigo, but he was like, I heard voices. And Rigo's like, I'm the only one here. Yeah. And it's like, things start to happen. Not, you know, like, not like one after another, but just kind of things here and there that almost seem like they could be supernatural or, or you know, paranormal or something. Um, but it's not really delved into. It's, I mean, it kind of remains ambiguous. Right. Uh, it kind of leaves you guessing, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the whole movie is very, I didn't really know how to classify it. Maybe like psychological thriller. It's, yeah, it's, it's more of a psychological than, um, than like as just a straight up horror. Right. For most of it. But then like I said, there are parts that kind of lead you to think that there's a supernatural bend to it, but then that, that never really comes around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, David basically starts to kind of lose his cool and lose his mind a little bit. You know, if anybody out there has had extended house guests can, can probably relate. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, especially since it's like these people that he doesn't know and they're, you know, doing everything against how he would normally do things. Like they drink, they smoke, they do drugs, they fuck. They're, uh, they're, they're wild. In a lot of ways, it, remi- it reminded me of the... 80s movie Neighbors with Dan Aykroyd and uh, John Belushi. <laughs> it reminded me of um, Madhouse with John Larroquette and Christy Alley. Oh, not the horror movie Madhouse. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I ever saw that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. It's a great movie. Um, yeah. Like, like I said, around the 45-minute mark is when things really kind of start to go sideways. Um, and then just as things go along, David gets more and more just kind of frazzled and his, his mental state really kind of diminishes. And that's uh, really where most of the horror comes from. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's like he gets into this, he gets to this point where it's hard to tell is like, is this like a psychosis or is this shit really happening? Right. So. Yeah. And he's getting more and more frustrated like he doesn't outwardly show it, but he he's definitely getting frustrated that you know no one's coming to his sermons. His Facebook posts all say like zero engagement or zero people reached or whatever. Yeah, that feel. Rigo is the only like on all of them. Like, and when Rigo tries to tell him, he's like, you know, I I I tried to warn you and you wouldn't listen. And um, David's just like, you know, you don't respect me and you haven't shown me any uh, gratefulness for since I you know, I found you in that bathroom. And I, and I, you know, brought you to God and all this stuff. And Rod, uh, Rigo, not Rodrigo, Rigo is just like, um, he basically says, you know, you're being a dick and you're losing it. So I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. And David's just like, yeah, you are fucking out of here. Don't come back. <laughs> Get out of here, you. <laughs> you. You can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> yep. It's a hard movie to talk about, but I liked it. It was pretty good. Yeah. It, uh. It ha- it had a Joe Bagos feel to it. Which... It did, yeah. It's got that kind of. I mean, the you know the cast. Graham Skipper obviously is a Joe Bagos regular. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got that that like neon and kind of psychedelic look to it, and like a lot of the camera angles and and camera tricks that it does, kind of have that uh, that Bagos feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I don't know how Eric Pennykoff knows Joe Bagos, but he must. Um, 
because their their styles are very similar. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks like he's well, no, he's got five directing credits. Is uh is a Bagos like a editor or even like an EP or something on it? Maybe like I don't know. Nope, doesn't look like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to compare it too much because I'm sure. Yeah, no, like I'm not saying like he ripped them off or anything. Yeah, no, no, but like it's so got that 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 feel to it. Yeah, it's kind of just a a trippy mind fuck. Yeah. And like I said, it does a lot of things with the camera where like it's a kind of, you know, make you feel disoriented or, um, you know, like, uh, like you're going through some kind of incident. Like the, you know, the camera will flip upside down at times and stuff. Um, yeah, there was like, I don't want to give too much away, but like as soon as Terry moves into the house, like the lights start flickering. And I thought that was going to be something yeah. that really ended up being nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, there are a lot of, not a lot, but you know, a handful of things where it's happening are just like, okay. I mean, is this like leading towards something supernatural or is it just to kind of fuck with you or? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, still don't know. No. I, yeah. Um, that to me, like my personal preference, that's my biggest complaint is that I wish they either would have left that out or gone full bore with it. I'm not a big fan of when it's ambiguous or when, or when things tease you one way and then never get explained. Like it's one thing if it's teasing you one way and then they explain it away a different way, uh-huh. but they at least explain it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's really, um, a, uh, a situational type thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think if it works, then it works. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. And, I think it works well in this to kind of leave it ambiguous and not necessarily open-ended because it's it's got a good amount of finality to the ending, but it does kind of leave that last little little thing that leaves that leaves you guessing. But yeah, I mean there are movies where that doesn't work to leave you leave it open like that where you you don't really know what you just saw. And sometimes it's irritating, but sometimes it just works. And I, I feel like this is one of those situations where it did work. Yeah, I mean, overall, I think everything worked. It was just it was those fine things like the lights, and I just like I wish they would have paid that off at some point. Yeah. Um, I think my biggest complaint is just on the visual side. Like, um, it had some cool visuals, but like so much of the movie was so dark. It is, yeah. That's I, true. I had to turn the brightness of my screen all the way up. I was watching it in the dark. I had all the lights in the room off. Yeah, um, yeah there's there's just some stuff where it's just like, I can't see what's going on. I hope this isn't important. <laughs> um, and uh, that's probably my biggest complaint is, is you know, just a technical thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, some Grand Skipper to me, uh, he's kind of hit and miss. I like Graham Skipper. I, I like him in general, yeah. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but usually, not so much in this one, but usually in other movies, he like he he's an over-actor, but he makes it work. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Is like, sometimes, like, I don't know if he did plays or something, but he has that kind of feel where he's like playing to the back of the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, it's like he had that air about him in this one. But because he's playing this priest who, you know, fancies himself very devout and... And always correct. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it worked well with this character. Yeah. Um, I have in the past found some of his roles a little clunky just because of his acting style. Um, but it, it wasn't a problem in this one, whether it was because of the way he was acting or because of the character or a combination of both. Either way, it wasn't as, uh, it wasn't as, as grading. I don't know. Grading is not the right word. Uh, I don't know. I guess it wasn't as, as noticeable or um, how word am I looking for here? I don't know. Irksome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just didn't. It, it it didn't stand out as much, I guess, and and so that that was a plus. Uh, and I thought Jeremy Gardner was really good as Terry. Um, yeah, he. I don't want to say he carried the movie, but like he was, you know, at least one of the two most prominent characters in the movie. And he, he did a really good job of not feeling like he was acting. Like his uh, performance felt really natural and then really kind of twisted at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's like it, the shit that was happening is like, how much of that was real? <laughs> Because everybody kind of goes off the off the rails at the end there, and it's just like, yeah, some of the things the characters do at the end, you're like, why would anyone do this? <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, otherwise, I I really liked it. It is, um, you know, it's it's a slower movie than we normally rant and rave about. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of talky. Yeah, and, and and like we said more than once, it's not horror in the classic sense. It's, right, it's more psychological. Yeah. There's not a high body count by yeah. any means. Um But no, I still I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um I'll give it an 8. I was thinking 8. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. I so was. I was all like, oh, eight is so great. <laughs> eight feels so good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let's move right along to... Doon, digga, doon, digga, doon. Yep, like the song. <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Uh, Christmas, bloody Christmas. <laughs> The U.S. Defense Department has spent over a trillion dollars on the most cutting-edge robot technology. Introducing RoboSanta Plus for the upcoming holiday season. What are you going to do this fine Christmas Eve? I was potentially going to go meet up with a dude. I've blown him off twice already, so come on. Get a drink with your old pal, Robbie. <laughs> What's up with you two? I just grabbed a drink. I talk her out of some tender trash. You didn't oh. talk me out of anything. Say Christmas! Say Christmas! Christmas. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! 
new animatronic state-of-the-art Santa Claus, featured at our own TW Bonkers, is now the subject of an international recall. from the boys down at the scene yet. They're still down there counting bodies. All right, so Christmas Bloody Christmas is a brand new joint from Joey Bag of Donuts, a.k.a. Joe Bagos. A.k.a. Joe Bags. Is it Bigos? Uh, we don't know. Oh. <laughs> I thought we had uh, nailed that down at some point. No, we have nailed down nothing. Good. That's, that sounds more like us. <laughs> Uh yeah, so this um is is a tiny little film, but uh I mean very in, in that it's very isolated. I mean it has a what I guess four different locations, but there's not a lot of moving around. It's like they basically like go to one place and stay there and then like go to the next place. Oh the bar. Yeah. I don't know. That that's that sounded better in my head. <laughs> it's like they go to one place and then they go to another place. It's like, yeah, that's you know, it's very isolated because they go to just one place at a time. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, it takes place in a very small town. Uh, clearly, I mean, it, it, it was filmed in in Placerville, in, in California. Um, which uh, confused me at first because it was snowing, but all the plates said California. I'm like. But then I saw this the, the Placerville Soda Works. It was the building they worked in. And Placerville's right in like the Sierra Nevadas. So snow is a thing there. Okay. <laughs> How much of it was real snow, I really couldn't say. But. Probably not much. Uh yeah. So this movie opens up with a bunch of um uh Commercials. Old, like, yeah, old style commercials, which is weird because it takes place in 2002 or 2022. But it was like old commercials like you'd see on TV in like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. You know, shot on video, you know, lo fi stuff. That's just, that's just Bagos, man. That is, that's yeah. just Bagos being Bagos. <laughs> Including the malt liquor for the whole family. Right. What was that stuff called? I don't remember. Yeah, there's this weird commercial where the kids come down and like isn't like the the there's bottles of booze or bottles of was it scotch 
or bourbon or something. I don't th- they just said it was a malt liquor. I don't think they ever said specifically. Was it malt liquor? Okay. But yeah, there's just bottles of it in their stocking, right? Or am I remembering it wrong? It was either in their stocking or wrapped up. And uh, their dad comes out and is like, oh, hey, I'll drink that. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. And the announcer's like, oh, you know, whatever brand malt liquor is a drink for the whole family. <laughs> it's like, what? Uh, and then there's a, uh, it's a news report. Or no, sorry. It's a commercial. For the toy store? Was it for the toy store? Yeah. Okay. So there's a commercial. T.W. Bonkers. <laughs> it opens up uh, with this backlit image. I mean, you can pretty much tell right away that it's Santa. But, it, uh, you know, it's it's pretty much black on the front uh, until it gets lit f- until it gets lit from the front. But it's like the U.S. government has spent millions of dollars or billions of dollars developing artificial intelligence you know, robotics to defend the nation around the world, blah, 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 you know, all this, you know, government, military gibberish. But now they're bringing that technology home <laughs> for, for, you know, for the U.S. masses. And apparently what has happened is that the U.S. government has redesigned these... Repurposed. Yeah, these, these fucking death bots that they've developed for military use into lovable, realistic, lifelike Santas with what's like over 90... 19 million or something. Yes, yeah, it's, it's impossible vocabulary, you know, like, uh, you know, basically just applying this is like as, as, human, as, as, human, as human as it gets. Uh, and yet and, we only hear like four phrases from the, thing, right. the whole movie. Yeah, it's pretty much just like, ho, ho, ho. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it says, you know, and we've, you know, we've got one here on display in town at uh, T.W. Bonkers, you know, your local, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but, you know, your, your local neighborhood toy, toy store. Yeah. So we jump in and we're introduced to uh, Tori, uh, who is the owner of a record store. Is it a, I mean, just a, it, it's like a vintage Vintage store. media store, I guess. Yeah, yeah they have records, records, VHS. VHS. Uh, but I mean, you have cassettes. Look like. Yeah, like yeah, cassettes. Uh, looks like they maybe have like, like, uh, like clothing and you know art prints and you know we everybody's been into a store like this before. Sure. Yeah. Just kind of an independently run, mostly music themed store. Um, it's all black light lit, you know, neon paint all over the, you know, it's, it's a Joe Vegas movie. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's, you know, gratuitous neon. Um, and, uh, you know, she comes in, she's, you know, chumming around with all the people in the store and, you know, you know, saying, Hey, how you doing? You know, can't believe you I haven't seen you in so long. All this kind of stuff. And it's a Jonah Ray. Yeah. And then Jonah Ray pops up Seattle native. Well, I don't know if he's a native, but he's from around here. Um, but uh, yeah, she helps him pick out a, a, a record for her girl, his girlfriend, and born in Hawaii. Oh, really? I know he lives here, or used to live here, or something. Anyway, um, 
So, yeah, Jonah Ray, he plays Jay. Uh, and we also meet Robbie, who is uh, Tori's employee at the store. And they also do a lot of, you know... Flirting. Flirting and, you know, kind of taking jabs at each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, it's Christmas Eve. And, um, you know, the whole town's kind of closing down. Like I said, it is... A, a small town and everything's closing up um at the end of the day uh tori says she's got some tinder date and robbie (laughs) emmett eyeliner Eyeliner. (laughs) or dirty seconds to mars that was my favorite (laughs) (laughs) also was it four four kids emmett four kids emmett and i couldn't remember if it was emmett or, or if they came up with some of their nickname but yeah, apparently this guy she's got a date with is just notorious for fucking around. He's a genetic jackhammer. Yeah, um, and uh, she, you know she's she's like, I don't care. I'm just trying to get laid. Yeah, she's like, it's Christmas Eve and I'm horny. Yeah, um, and uh, Robbie's just kind of talk, trying to talk her out of it, you know, to his to his own ends, but probably just to try to keep her out of getting involved with somebody who sucks and. Um, he, uh, finally talks her into skipping out on this date and, and going to the bar with her or with him. And, uh, they stop by to see Jay and his girlfriend. Wife, I believe. Wife. That's right. Yeah, they do say they're married. Uh, Lana. Was that her name? Lana! Lana! Danger zone. Uh, <laughs> there's this. Uh, I know you, you've been probably spending more time on TikTok than I have, but uh, have you encountered the sound clip? It's a bunch of H. John Benjamin just saying "Oh my God" over and over. <laughs> no, it's just basically it's like a supercut of all the times that he says "Oh my God." I don't know what show it's from. It could be like Bob's Burgers or something, but you know, just that voice. Hopefully, it's just a coll- like a montage of different. <laughs> Bob's Burgers, Archer, whatever. Home videos. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just him going, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and people have been super uh, using it to show their lives at home with the toddler. <laughs> <laughs> just like how like their fucking living room being a disaster, their laundry room being a disaster, their kitchen being a disaster. <laughs> and all the shit that their toddler does, like throwing stuff around, it's like... Oh my god. This is my life. This is me. <laughs> anyway. So, uh they stop by and as they enter the store, they see or they don't really get pay much mind to it, but we see the, the this robotic Santa standing at the front of the store. Um and we over here through just kind of offhand conversation that these things have been decommissioned or not decommissioned, but recalled. recalled. Um, because they seem to be reverting to their military programming. <laughs> and yet this thing continues to stand in the store. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, you know, they don't pay much mind to it. They uh, have a few drinks there at the toy store before uh, Tori and Robbie take off to the bar. Yeah, so they're, like, drinking in the toy store, and uh, Jonah Ray turns on this snow machine... 
And like their glass, their drinks are just filled with this foam. Usually that stuff is like soap. Yeah. And they're just drinking out of it. I'm like, what do you think? Get new cups. Yeah. What's a little, what's a little soap, you know? Sometimes you eat a little soap. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Christmas story, right? Like, sure. Yeah. They kept talking about Christmas story, the whole movie. <laughs> Robbie was just like, what? Let's go watch Christmas story. And she's like, what is with you in the fucking Christmas story? Yeah, Robbie, or not Robbie, uh, Tori just seems to have this big problem with Christmas in general. Yeah. Don't really fully understand it other than she's just kind of doing... Cynical. Yeah, just being, yes, a cynic and kind of, I don't know, there's like this this kind of popular thing where you call, where you say Christmas sucks just because it's kind of a popular thing to do. And I've never understood it. Sometimes people grow up and they have, you know, bad childhoods where Christmas wasn't all that special for them. And I get that. But there are people out there who do that just because it's just trend- to be anti trendy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, if, if you don't like Christmas, that's one thing. If it's not, if it's not your thing, but to say Christmas sucks, Christmas is just, you know, commercialism, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> Like you live in America, your life is commercialism. Sorry. Um. Anyway, but she's kind of got this mentality about it, and you don't really fully know why. She's just shitting all over Christmas, and yeah, shitting on Christmas Story, which is arguably one of the best, if not the best, Christmas movie ever. I mean, it's even if you don't think it's the best, it's like the like. It's the Christmas movie. Like, there's a reason that you the know quintessential Turner, like, movie. Yeah, there's a reason that Turner shows it 24 hours a day. For yeah, Christmas. Like, exactly. Um, have you watched the sequel? Not yet. I think we're gonna watch it when we're with uh, my girlfriend's family. Okay. Yeah. Seems like I used to have like a kind of a system to this, like when I would watch certain movies, but over the last few years, that's just kind of <laughs> fallen apart. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, I'm gonna watch Jingle All the Way tonight, and we're gonna record tomorrow. Oh, you're doing it for the show? Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Uh, <laughs> who said you could eat my cookies? Oh my god, these cookies! <laughs> Put that cookie down now. <laughs> so good. Love Phil Hartman. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think she's in the shower. You want me to go check? Um, lost my place. Yeah. Okay. So they go to the bar. They start putting ones back, putting drinks back. Um, Josh Ethier is, of course, the bartender. Right. It's a Joe Bagos movie. It, you know, we talked. I talked to you briefly, saying like, I'm not one to point fingers or make fun because I myself have put on quite a bit of weight over the last few years, but I was just like surprised at how much weight Graham Skipper had to put on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he used to be really thin. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was just like, when did Graham, or texted you, I'm like, when did Graham Skipper put on so much weight? You're like, I don't know, COVID? I'm like, yeah, probably. That's when I put on all my weight. <laughs> but same thing with Josh Ethier. He seemed like he put on quite a bit of weight. Yeah, too. I didn't even recognize him at first. He was kind of. I mean, he's always he's a like b- big built, guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like not like bodybuilder, but you know. Yeah. Um, thick, thick. <laughs> <laughs> and he, of course, he had like a the great big bushy beard. Right. 
which you know, you always had a beard, but it was always kind of more like mine. Yeah. Or or yours, yeah. You know, she's used to you having more of a close cut beard. Anyway, um then uh Sheriff uh Jeff Daniel Phillips Jeff Daniel Phillips comes in, starts having a few drinks, talking about how he's alone on Christmas except for his fucking dog that he that he hates. <laughs> Cause and she's like, why or Tori's like, why don't you just get rid of the fucking dog? It's like, you think I don't want to? It's like that's not my, I don't want that dog. That's my wife's dog. It's a when he, she's around, the dog's a fucking saint. But what, as soon as she's gone, won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he buys them a few drinks and then takes off. And uh, let's see what Tori and Robbie say, or she. They decide to go back to her place and keep drinking, keep drinking, and what watch movies or something, right? Yeah. So they go back. Basically, they shut the bar down and they wanted to keep drinking. So the only place that was still open was her place. Right. Uh, we go back and we see uh, Jay and Lana going at it in the toy store in, in what Santa's chair looks like. Yep. Yeah, she's just like giving him a lap dance on Santa's throne. Right. Um. And this is when Santa, Santa Bot, is that what, is that what his name is in uh, Futurama, Santa Bot? <sighs> By the way, he comes to life. He uh, goes to the... Yes. Okay. The uh, fire hose cabinet where they you know usually keep an axe. Well, I don't even know usually. I feel like that happens more in movies than actual yeah. life. I don't know how often I've actually seen an axe in a fire cabinet. Either way, he retrieves the axe, and then, uh, do we actually see them die? Or, yeah, he, he takes... We get a first-person perspective of him, like, chopping Jonah in the back with the axe, and then he takes her and smashes her head through a glass case. That's right. Okay. Uh, and, like, Tori and uh, Robbie walk by as they're getting killed, and they just hear them screaming, and they're like, man, they're really going yeah. at it. <laughs> Uh, so they, apparently, apparently Jay has a thick cock. <laughs> <laughs> Not big, but thick. <laughs> they call him the dish. Because Robbie's like, oh, he's gaping it for sure. <laughs> you know, that that's one thing. One thing I really liked about this movie, and sometimes it doesn't work at all. Like, sometimes it just seems so cringy. But this whole movie... The dialogue was so real. It felt so natural. Yeah. yeah. And it, it almost seemed like it wasn't scripted. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, I really liked it. I, it seemed it seemed so much more engaging because it didn't seem scripted. It seemed more like people just having conversations. Yeah, it didn't feel like anybody reciting lines. It yeah. felt like actual like banter and yeah. Yeah. The only part I didn't like was when Tori was expressing her preferences uh, of, of shitty horror movies. Oh, yeah. Well, not so much shitty horror movies, but shitty sequels. Yeah. And actually, let me cl- let me justify that. They weren't all shitty, but the fact that she's saying some of them are better than either the originals or other yeah, sequels. Yeah, like the best in the series, yeah. Yeah. Like, saying Hell on Earth was better than Was the Hell best Hellraiser, Hellraiser. yeah. That is an ab- absurd statement. Yeah. 
Um, or Pet Cemetery Two was three times better than the first one. Yeah, I mean, those movies. I think it's like different strokes for different folks, as they say. Okay. Just depending on which one you prefer. Yeah. I mean, there are some people who hate both. <laughs> Whether. Whether or not you like one or the other better than the other, it, I think it depends person to person, honestly. But like, I think the only one I agreed with was Child's Play 2. Oh, did she say that? Yeah. And she said the Book of Shadows was better than Blair Witch. Blair Witch, or even the one they did in what, 2010 or 2009 or something like that? She no, said was... Covenant was the best alien. That. <laughs> My God. Somebody needs to take that girl to church. But it was like I was so supportive of her when she was shit talking Blumhouse. Yeah, that that was that was a nice touch. Because she said something about like if you want to watch a Bob Clark uh, Halloween or Christmas movie, we can watch Black Christmas. And he goes, Oh, the the two thousand whatever one. She's like, but, fuck Blumhouse. Yeah, he says, Oh, the one that Blumhouse made. She's like, she she starts like implying that he's like. Wants to fuck Blumhouse or something like that. <laughs> that's uh, that's a ballsy move. Yeah, considering what a what a inf- powerhouse. Yeah, there, yeah. I mean, unless you know Jason Blum and 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 Co have uh, you know, good senses of humor, I guess. Yeah. But we can all agree that their Black Christmas sucked. Never saw it. I actually. I just assumed it sucked. <laughs> yeah, so did I. That's why I didn't see it. Uh, but then I actually saw it on Thanksgiving, and it sucks. <laughs> my my dad was watching it. I'm just like, why are we doing this? <laughs> but it's like... You know what I'm not thankful for? <laughs> it's like my dad doesn't have the same um, vitriol <laughs> for Blumhouse that I do. So he'll just kind of let things slide like that and... Like even though I don't have like that sweet spot for Black Christmas like a lot of people do, just like why would you make a movie called Black Christmas and have it have nothing to do with Black Christmas? Yeah. Um. Anyway, so yeah, they go back. So they're back at her place. They're drinking and uh, smoking, drinking, smoking, talking, snorting. What were we? What were we? What were we thinking? Drinking and smoking and smoking and drinking. It's like uh, black sheep. I was doing uh, MC Chris. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then they're like they're making nachos because that's what you do when you're drunk. You make nachos. Sure. Uh, and then all of a sudden she just lays into him. And they're just kissing. They're kissing so hard. <laughs> and then they go upstairs, and they they're they're, they're getting crazy. <laughs> and I don't know. He like he goes down on her, and then it's just done. Yeah. It seemed like maybe she had the intention of coming back, but uh, it's well, yeah. She went to go check on the nachos, I think, or get more. No, she went to go get get more whiskey. Yeah. She and then yeah, she notices that the nachos were burnt to shit. Right. And that's when she sees a cross. Yeah, if I'm Robbie, I'm like, <clears throat> yeah. It's like I thought we were gonna, sh- you know, share a meal. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, I mean, well, he did have to prove himself because he, like, was talking up his box-eating game earlier. That's true. He, he said won't... he eats like a dinosaur. <laughs> also, He's all know... like, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> who... Who fucking takes off girl's pants, but then... Eats her snatch with with her underwear on. With her panties still on. Her panties. <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls them to the side instead of pulling them off. What? Yeah, it would have been so much easier to just take them off. Yeah, and it's just like, you know what? When you're going down on somebody, on either end, or, you know, either... Like front or back? No. One or two? <laughs> don't eat ass that's a a uh, public service announcement from the grave plot podcast um but no whether you whether it's a guy going down on a gal or a gal going down on a guy you're taking a risk because you don't know what's going on down there sure but i can tell you you're increasing the odds of putting something nasty in your mouth when the underwear is anywhere near your face. It's a fair point. And, you know, without getting crude, females tend to have more on their underwear. <laughs> Just purely with the equipment that they have down there. It's just how things work. You get my meaning. I do, yes. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, it's just like... You know what? Oh, yeah. I eat that pussy, but uh, I'm taking these off. (laughs) I don't don't want these rubbing against my cheek. And like I said, it's just easier. You've got better access. Yeah, I mean, you're going to constantly have to be holding them back. What's the point? It's not sexy. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. (laughs) Uh, If only our parents could hear us now. Um... Good thing my mom thinks the Facebook is the whole episode. Okay, <laughs> um, so it's so she, so t- gotta get back on track here. Tori goes downstairs to get more booze, and burn nachos. So across the way, at her neighbor's, robot Santa has found his way to the house to the neighbor's house. Made his way inside. As he comes into the house, the kid who lives there was actually no, sorry. The dad wakes up and you know says, you know, whoever's fucking down there better leave or you know. He thinks it's the kid. He's like, if you're opening those presents, they're all going back or something like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he goes down and sees this guy in Santa suit. He says, "What the fuck are you doing? You know, get out of here! I'm calling the cops." But Robot Santa, or Santa Bot, as he likes to be called. That was Matt Mercer? The guy, the guy with the long hair? Yeah. Wow. Dude. I saw. I think I saw that he was in this, but I guess I didn't notice. Yeah, that was him. Neighbor oh. dad. I'll be damned. Um, anyway, so. His death scene is so good. Yeah. 
I don't know if I want to get into it or if I want to just leave no, it No, don't. Yeah. Don't give it away. So he gets dead, and then the wife comes out to see what's happening, and they, you know, they just start falling like dominoes. <laughs> yeah, and Tori sees him killing the kid. Yeah, so the kid does come down. You know, so yeah, he starts going through the presents right in front of Santa like, Claus. Santa, did you bring me presents? You, you did. did. He starts opening the presents, and there's like Santa. He's like, Why? Ew, close. Yeah. He's like, "Why are you covered in blood?" And then, yeah, kid gets dead. Tori sees it happen, uh, and uh, starts screaming. Robbie comes down, you know, sees this fucked up Santa standing in the neighbor's house, and so, uh, and of course, the Santa sees them too and makes his way over. And I mean, that's kind of when things start going haywire. They wake up her sister, who we didn't mention was staying with her, uh, as well as her brother-in-law, Graham Skipper. Right. <laughs> and I love like they're they're all like, "Shush! There's a very evil Santa Claus outside." And Graham Skipper's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> and he's like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> yeah, you know, her sister Liddy was like, "Shut up! Get down! Just go get the car keys! Get the car keys!" Why do I need the car keys? I didn't even want to come here. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, shit just starts going down. This Santa starts killing everybody. Uh, and, uh, you know, we make friends and lovers and, and along the way. And, and the true and, cr- crew, the true spirit of Christmas is the friends we make along the way. <laughs> and most of them die. I love... When they first get to um, Tori's house, she's bitching about her neighbor's fucking ranchero. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, as they're trying to leave real quick, they back into this ranchero. And then Joe Bagos comes out. He's like, what'd you do to my car? Was that Bagos? That was Bagos, okay. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And so they just kind of start... F- not not so much. They don't have a lot of one on one engage. Not one on one, but like face to face engagement with the Santa. A lot of it's spent running running away. away yeah. Uh, but yeah, when when he does inevitably catch up to them, it's it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but then like it's you know that stereotypical thing in so many horror movies where they all think Tori did it because she's covered in blood and everyone right. around her is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she get, she engages with the police and uh, yeah, including one officer, Jeremy Gardner, right. Who looks very different because his hair's shorter and he doesn't have the beard. Yeah, he's got a handlebar mustache. He I thought he was the I thought he was the fucking greasy strangler dude for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that's, that's probably about it, right? Do you remember when that when the greasy strangler dude was on New Girl? <laughs> yeah, we, like the town we, hall. He's like, I'd like to reassess this town's bottomless <laughs> clause in the. Lewd behavior act, or whatever. <laughs> it's like I totally hired that guy as a substitute, <laughs> and he just wants to go around Winnie the Poohing. Well, you know those hot days in L.A. Sometimes you let it kind of let your ass breathe. <laughs> you got to get some air into your nuts, otherwise you're going to get swamp ass. Don't nobody want swamp ass. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, do you, you see who plays Santa Claus? I had Abraham Ben Ruby, the fucking bully from Parker Lewis can't lose. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. This guy. 
Right. <laughs> I guess maybe I thought he was retired or something. I don't know. He's only 53. He's, he's younger than I thought he was. Um, yep. So there we go. Uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the movie without giving away too much. Yeah. Uh, I take it you liked it. I loved it. It was, it was really good. I fucking loved it. This was really good. Uh, <laughs> I have a up and down. Well, no, I, I was saying earlier, like, when I first saw Joe Bagos' movie, I'm like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> but I feel like each movie he does, with the exception of Bliss, like, I like them more and more. And this is following that trend. Like I was saying earlier, like, Bagos is at his best when it's just completely unhinged. Like, if he just goes, what about a, uh, a super soldier created by the government that they then repurpose as a Santa Claus that comes to life and kills everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking go nuts, man. Let's do it. <laughs> see, Bagos came up with the idea for Bl- Christmas Bloody Christmas while pitching a remake of 1984 while watching Silent- Futurama. <laughs> while pitching a remake of 1984 Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah, I can see that. Suggesting that the murders could be per- perpetrated by a Terminator-esque android. Which I mean, this was this was very Terminator. Oh yeah, especially uh, when the Santa Claus starts getting like pieces of him coming off and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like, it, like in this, in the way that like the, the there's a heroine who is not really like the heroine type at first, similar to Sarah Connor, mm-hmm. but kind of, you know grows some nuts along the way. Um, And, you know, how she kind of gradually becomes more and more isolated as she tries to get away from this robot um, who has just seemed to latch onto her for some reason. Yeah. But, I mean, it does kill plenty of people along the way. Yeah, for sure. Maybe it's just because she's, like, the last one. I I don't really know, but... um, Yeah, uh... The pitch was rejected for straying too far from the original film. So he just made us on. I guess so, yeah. Should have just pitched it to fucking Blumhouse. To... <laughs> Would have accepted it. Like, yeah, we could just use that title and not make a movie that's anything like the original. Yeah. I wonder if that's who he pitched it to. And that's why they talk shit in the movie. That would actually be hilarious. That would be hilarious. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I texted Max like while I was watching it. I was like, do you have Shudder? He's like, I do. And I was like, watch Christmas, Bloody Christmas right fucking now. <laughs> He's like, it's on my list. Yeah, uh, this is, yeah, this is a Shudder movie, so... If you already have Shutter, which you should already have Shutter, um, you don't have to pay anything for it. Um, I need to watch the the fireplace thing. Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so they did a Yule log. Yeah, they, I think on, they do on Shutter. Yeah, but apparently, like in the middle of it, it turns into a slasher movie. Oh, really? And it's it's from the people who did too many cooks. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to check that out. Didn't they do... They did a trick-or-treat Yule Log one year, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. The Ghoul Log. Right. Little green ghouls. <laughs> um, yeah, I texted you. I was like, I literally texted you five minutes in and I was like, this is the most Bagos movie yet. Like... <laughs> Because it was those commercials were just so fucking Bagos and like the, just every light in this movie is neon. Like, right. People don't go into a department store without neon light. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like there's so much neon almost to the point where it's bordering on uncomfortable. <laughs> Cause it's like when she, then when they go back to, uh, to Tori's, Tori's place and it's I don't know if it's so much neon, but it's just like very it's like black light, almost, and just like kind of dim. Yeah, it's like I would hate it if my house was like this. Also, like they go to her house and she's like, "We have to be quiet because my sister's here and she's asleep." And they immediately turn on like really loud music, right? And they're talking at full volume, screaming back and forth. Yeah, fucking at top volume, <laughs> fucking fucking all over all the woods. Over the woods. Listening to the the unsolved mysteries soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's shitting on Christmas music too, which, I mean, I know Christmas music isn't for everyone, but if you don't like Christmas music, fuck you. <laughs> I don't like Christmas music. <laughs> well, fuck you. My wife doesn't really like it either. She she doesn't like like classical, not not classic music, but like classic Christmas music. Yeah, like. You know, there's like a like a pop punk band that's done Christmas music. She'll listen to that. Sure, yeah, me too. It's like, I mean, I, that's the stuff I grew up with. Was like, you know, classic Christmas songs. Bing Crosby. And... Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, Perry Como, you know, Elvis. Like those kind of classic Christmas albums. I've been listening to that shit for you know almost forty years, and yeah, it's just that's part of Christmas for me. And I get it. That's that's not for everyone, but you know, if you say it sucks, then you go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a, this is a good movie. I really liked it. Um, this is this is our type of movie. Like this is just that. Like no hidden messages, no psychological, just balls to the wall, wacky shit horror. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what the budget Joe was. Joe Bagos, feel free to use that on your poster. <laughs> I don't know what this budget was, but, um, you know. Double they, it. They, they, they made, uh, they made a very, like, outstanding movie on what was probably not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just the, the Santa. Like, you know, over the course of the movie, the Santa gets more and more banged up and starts revealing more of its, you know, robotic interior. Um, and it looked really good. I mean, it was not like Stan Winston Studios caliber stuff, but, you know, pretty solid for a, a low budget movie. Um, My only thing is, like, it's it's clearly just a person for most of the movie. Yeah. I wish they would have put, like like, some kind of, like, plastic or something, you know, over his eyes to make it look more like like an android or like a um, mannequin almost looking kind of thing, you know? Like from the, from the start? Yeah. But it was supposed to look human. Well, I know, but I, would, I don't mean like, like just, 
you know, like a thin layer of um, uh, latex or something, just to make it look not completely human. Oh, yeah. I mean, make it look humanoid. I don't know if it was just uh, how it looked on camera or if they actually did something, but to me, his skin actually did look fake a little bit. See, I felt like it did when it was close up. Yeah. But then in like the, when it was like moving around, it didn't look like it had the same. Maybe. Um, that's something that I've in my, I would say my, my years of doing makeup because I don't, I'm not like a, <laughs> I'm not like a professional makeup artist, but in the time that I've been doing makeup, I have discovered that you need to do different levels of makeup depending on what kind of presentation you're making. Sure. Because, like, the same thing that you see in person won't may, probably won't show up on screen. Right. Or, like, you know, when I was, when I worked at a haunted house, like, they were constantly telling me, it's like, this looks great, but it's not going to read in a dimly lit haunted house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it took me a while to really understand that. Yeah. So, you know, the same thing may have happened here where it was just kind of like, you know, they did one thing and it looked good for, for close-ups, but maybe not as good from. Sure. Away. Yeah. And I mean, that's like the most nitpicky thing. Like, sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is really good. I really enjoyed it. I might just add this to my, to my yearly watch list. Um, this was fun. This was a fun movie. Yeah. And it's like you said, there wasn't a lot to it. There was no political statements. There's no, um, you know, deep, dark secrets being revealed. There's no like, like thick backstory to the characters mm-hmm. to, to, to weigh it down. It was just the story. Like, this is what's happening right now. And that, that's, that was good. Like, yeah. I, I liked that. Um, and then, I mean, it was kind of a similar ending to to The Leech, where it kind of almost leaves you hanging a little bit, because you don't really know what happens from there. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, without trying to give too much away, it's <laughs> the ending is kind of Club Dread. Uh, a bit. In, in that you keep thinking it's over. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That uh, robot is definitely very um, committed. <laughs> very persistent, <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, do you have anything else to add before we wrap things up? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, yeah. So, like I said earlier, the the acting and like the the, the dialogue delivery was very good, very natural, which is such a, a, a delicate thing to do because sometimes it's really grating. It doesn't work. Yeah. But it worked really well in this because people had these conversations with each other that seemed so real. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not just the way they were talking to each other, but the body language. Um, uh, and it's hard, that's, that's hard to pull off, I think. And then they did it very well in this. Um, the visuals were really great. Uh, I mean, the classic Bagos neon. You know, it's a trademark, and you come to expect it at this point. Um, looked really great. And it, it, it made, somehow made Christmas lights really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, all in all, I really like it. It's really really good kills too. Good kills, yeah. And like I said, you know, I have to imagine what wasn't a very big budget. You know, they they must have stretched it pretty far because the 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 I mean the, the kills and the, you know the robot effects and not just not just robot effects, but they have like car crashes and shit, mm-hmm. explosions. That shit doesn't come cheap because you can't just blow up a car. <laughs> right. You have to have fucking explosive techs on set and, and you know safety marshals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I appreciate all that, and it, it all came together in a nice little Christmas package. Um, I might, I might give this a nine. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with this. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end. You could say that wraps it up. Uh, like a present. It's Christmas. Um, so aside from this being Christmas, this is also our last episode of the year. Uh, we did it early so we could not only get it out before Christmas, but now, you know, the two of us are going to have what, th- three weeks off. Woo! <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, have a nice little holiday break for ourselves. Um, so yeah, in just wrapping up, wrapping up the year, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody out there who has been supporting us along the way, whether it be on Patreon, um, or, uh, you know, through downloads or looking at our website or even just saying, hey, how's the show been going? You know, th- that stuff matters. You know, we've been doing this for nine years, and <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's not always easy. It's its a commitment that we have to keep up with. Um, or, or we don't have to keep up with, and that, I guess that's the thing. We, we don't have to do this. We do it because we like to. And uh, we really appreciate, we, we appreciate you, use. Uh, anything to add, Taylor? Yeah, and I mean, you know, like, especially thank uh, the, the Patreon patrons. Uh, thank you to Arc Lodge Cinemas, who always hosts the Great Plot Film Fest. Uh, thank you to Crypticon, who have invited us into their goofy little family, um, their horror movie summer camp, as Bob Foster says. <laughs> um, and yeah, all the people that we've met along the way, and uh, all the people we have yet to meet. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I guess we'll just call it there. Uh and say happy holidays and happy new year to you. And we'll see you all in 2023. So until next year, I'm Skeletoni. Oh, actually, sorry. What are we going to be doing next episode, Taylor? Uh, well, you haven't picked one. I haven't? Shit. No. So, uh, but I can tell you we're going to be watching Candyland, which is not based on the board game. I feel like, have we talked about this before? I don't think so. Why does it sound so familiar? Maybe I've seen it on my own. Anyway, I I will pick a movie. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll be watching Candyland and whatever Tony picks. Right. And I have three weeks to decide. That's right. (laughs) Uh, And uh, until then, where can they find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com. That's your central hub for all things Graveplot Podcast, including back episodes, merchandise. Uh, If you want to donate to the show, join us on Patreon, all that. It's going to be there. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Give us five heart stars, rainbows, clovers, and blue moons, whatever it is that your podcast feed uh, lets you do. Give us the most of them. 
And uh, also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Grave Plot Podcast or on Twitter as Grave underscore plot. And like we have said multiple times now, patreon.com slash Grave Plot Podcast if you want bonus material in exchange for a little bit of scratch. There it is. All right. Now, <laughs> until we meet again in the new year, I'm Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror. This is. Oh, wait, been... I'm Taylor of Tinsel. We never... You were supposed to come up with one. I've been doing a show here. <laughs> Fucking. Santoni. We're going to have to just go with Santoni. Why can't I be Santa? San- Santoni Claus. Yep. We'll just do that one. Yep, that's who I am. <laughs> and this has been the Grave Plot Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. I thought you were going to say, like, a little merry inside. Where we're all a little merry inside. <laughs>